podcast world, we are back, man. It's been a while since I've done a podcast, but uh, I think the last one was August, and we're we're here in November. I I get a lot of messages from people, and it's kind of crazy to think about, but I'll get messages from people, and they'll tell me, uh, "Hey, hey, Mike, I I listened to your podcast on on this, and so I've been implementing this. Please do another podcast." But I I, I never think about these podcasts reaching, I guess, the audience that it does, but. You know, for the four people that that, that do listen, um, hopefully you're hopefully you're all getting some uh, some value out of it. So, uh, I I wanted to talk today about something that kind of came to me on a uh, on a recent trip. So I I went on to I went to a shooting clinic in Cedar Falls, Iowa. So I flew into Chicago and then from Chicago connected to Cedar Rapids and then from Cedar Rapids drove about an hour to Cedar Falls and. Anytime I take a trip, I take books with me, right? So I'll, I'll usually take one or two books to, to help me through. And I know that flying for a lot of people seems like a, a chore, uh, but I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it because it does give me some time to just kind of zone out and just read. Read something I want to take in. And on this trip, I, I happened to bring a book that I had read already. Okay, And, and then anybody... Anybody that really follows me or, or has paid attention to kind of the things that I'll post in terms of on, on my story, I'll talk about the one thing a lot. Now, I read the one thing probably back in the beginning of quarantine, and it completely flipped my, my thought process and my, and my mindset in terms, of, uh, in terms of continuing to move forward with this, this idea of, of, of just shooting, right? And oh, maybe, flip's the wrong, maybe flip's the wrong word to use. Um, it reignited it, right? So I read this book and it had such a profound impact on me. And that's the reason why I decided to, to read it again. And this is, this is where I think this could be really valuable for a lot of people because it ended up being very valuable for me. I used to take books and then take them at face value, read them one time, and then I figured I was done with that book. I, I met this guy through a kid that I trained and I, I consider... Uh, a lot of what he recommends to me to be to be gold at the end of the day, and we uh, we had the, we were having a conversation about books, and he mentioned uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and I had read that book probably four years prior, right? I, I had read it, and I remember reading it and just discarding it and saying, eh, like this this did nothing for me, and it didn't. It did it did absolutely nothing to move the needle for me. Granted, if I look back now, I wasn't in a position to read that book where I could take the information in it and use it, right? So at the time, I remember reading that book and then going to look up information to discard or discount or disprove Napoleon Hill, being like, this guy doesn't even know what he's talking about. When the whole time it was more so a reflection on me and where I was in life in terms of, hey, man, are you, are you even pursuing – this would have been more than four years ago. Are you even pursuing what you really want to do? And so we were having this conversation about Think and Grow Rich, and I said, you know, I'm going to go back and read this book. I'm in a kind of a different mindset now, so why don't I go back and see, see what I can pull from it? And I went back and, and read it, and it was, it was mind-blowing. It changed my perspective on so many things, and then kind of had, had me trending in a direction now where I was like, oh my God, this is gold. This is pure gold. So anybody with this kind of entrepreneurial 
spirit in terms of what they want to accomplish, I, I, I couldn't recommend that book enough. But it took me a second time to read it to understand it. So one, I had now positioned myself to be able to take in the information, right? That's one of the, that's one of the things I did. And then two, I was able to realize that the first time that I read it, I was never in uh, the right state of mind to, to even have that book. And I think, that's, I think that's so important. It's like you can never want something enough for somebody. It's, it's, I think there's a saying that says, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will show. Well, this book was my teacher at the time. And I, I as the student, was not ready. Um, I was not ready six, whatever, seven years ago the first time I read it. So now I've kind of come to this idea that, okay, me reading a book multiple times can actually be super, super beneficial. And I tell kids at clinics, I just did that clinic in, 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 in Iowa, and I told the kids, you know, I'll ask every kid there, I'll say, hey, who reads? And rarely anybody will ever, ever raise their hand. And I think I, I may have even told stories like this on the podcast before, but I think it's worth mentioning again. Who reads? Maybe we'll get one or two people to raise their hand. Some parents will start raising their hand. I'll say, look, this is what I do when I read. When I read, I will read the entire book. And I know that some people kind of go back and forth with that. They say, well, if the book isn't something that uh, resonates with me, I'm going to put it down. Well, I'm going to read the whole book because my whole goal is I know there's something I can pull out of it. There's one thing that I can pull out of that book. I know there is. I know there's one thing. Sometimes there's many, many things. But I know always there's going to be at least one thing. And if I can pull one thing from that book, that is what I consider time well spent. Because now I'm going to use that to invest into myself and to help improve not just my business, but my life, my relationship, my other goals, etc. So what I tell kids is I say, one, reading is very, very important, right? Reading will skyrocket your ability to go achieve whatever it is you want to achieve. The information's all out there. When the, informa- when, when the student's ready, the teacher will show. Well, those books are all a bunch of, there's a bunch of teachers out there that are ready to present you with information, you just have to be ready to receive it. But what I tell the what I tell the players at, at the clinic is, you know, treat today like treat today like you're reading a book. I don't necessarily expect you to maybe understand all of the concepts that I'm going to be throwing at you today, but I do want you to try to try your best to stay engaged in everything that we're doing so that maybe you can take one thing from it. Whether that's a chapter or a page, hopefully you can take something from it that will help catapults you to success in the future. So I, I think this is I think this is really important because from Think and Grow Rich, there's one specific page in which Napoleon Hill kind of outlined this plan of, of, of making a definitive goal, um, repeating that goal to yourself, giving yourself a time, and then repeating this stuff to yourself in regard to how you're going to get it. What services are you going to render in order to achieve this goal? And at the beginning of quarantine, I remember going on my runs and repeating this to myself every day. Every, every, every single day. This is what I plan to make. This is how I'm going to do it. This is my timeline. And I would say it over and over and over again. I would always do it on my runs. And that one page, there's one, that one page had such a profound impact on me, right? And I think this is so cool because I returned to the one thing. This is, man, I really got off track kind of. But I returned to the one thing and I'm on the plane. And I get to a point in the book where... Gary Keller starts talking about leverage and how important leverage is. And he starts it off with a quote by Archimedes that said, give me a lever long enough and I can move the world. And the whole point of this, this one page is leverage. Leverage being the ability to move things with great force with relative ease. All right. 
And he's coming back to, well, what is the one thing that you could do in your life that if you were to do that and do it to the best of your abilities, it would render other things either meaningless or much, much easier to achieve. And my mind automatically goes to shooting the basketball. I talk about leverage all the time. We need leverage to be able to shoot. We need to understand that our body is full of levers that we can use to promote energy from from our bodies into the basketball to help move the ball more effortlessly. Just like when you see somebody shoot the ball and you're like, man, that just that thing looks so effortless. Yeah, they understand their levers. They understand the timing and how to get the, the best leverage under the basketball. There's a certain way of going about it. So I'm reading this and I kept reading the same page over and over again. I remember I texted the guy who had recommended uh, recommended me the book and I said, hey, I just pulled something from this book that I think is going to shift everything for me. It's like, you know, as Kanye would say, a paradigm shift. Um, but I'm reading this and I thought, well, what is the one thing in shooting that should you be able to accomplish it and understand it, everything else becomes so much easier. And that's the way in which we do things in the order in which the ball has to move up the body. It's the sequencing, as Rob Voter would say, right? It's the order. Uh, I think it's Wallace Waddles, The Science of Getting Rich. He talks about when you get rich, there's always a certain way to do it. There's a certain way of going about it. There's a certain way to everything we do, right? There's a certain way to everything. And to shooting the basketball, the certain way comes from understanding the sequence of how things have to move ball before body and getting to those optimal points of leverage with both our wrist, our upper body, our shoulder, our, our shoulder, elbow area, and then our hips, and being able to time things out. And it becomes so, so big because what I found through my teachings, I remember I called Rob one day and I said, hey, Rob, you might think I'm crazy, but this is how I'm, this, this is how I'm seeing things now, and this is how I'm teaching it. And I said, I'm now looking at players, and I'm, I'm not looking at their hand placement, I'm not looking at their elbow, I'm not looking at their feet. That's not the first thing I look at. I'm looking at how the ball moves up their body in connection with their ability to transfer energy from their body into the ball. That's all I'm looking at. And when I see that, I adjust that, and then I, it allows me to kind of put everything else in place. And, uh, and he said, no, I think, he said, that's a good way to do it. He said, that's, you know, depending on the level and, and all that, right? But like, that, that's how I, I was, I mean, that's how I'm starting to see things. So with the players that I work with now, both in person and through my subscription, I'm old, that's, that's my first concentration. How can I get this player to understand how we need to move that ball to move it effortlessly? Because then I can, then all the details become so much easier. I, I went on a brief rant about this on my, on my Instagram story. And this is good. Obviously, this is a lot longer. But there's so many things in basketball when it comes to shooting it that we could argue about for days. But they're all static positioning. Like if we talk about palm shooters versus fingertip shooters. Okay, redundant, right? No one actually shoots off their palm. If the ball does end up touching your palm a little bit, not a big deal, but you still need control of the basketball. Is there space? Is there not space? Our hands are maybe built a little bit different. Somebody may have more space than others. What we want to do is just make sure that the ball is controlled with our finger, pit, finger pads and then the ball is coming off our fingers last, right? That's, that's what we want to do. We just don't want it too far on our fingertips and we don't want it just resting in our palm with, with no support. Then you people talk about the elbow. Well, the elbow has to be in. Okay. Yeah, I guess, I guess the elbow has to go in as long as we control the shooting hand and get the shooting hand the proper positioning of when it comes under the ball. And then the elbow will naturally come in. Well, the feet need to be wide. Okay, that doesn't take too long. So like, we, we start really getting into like these, these very static type movements. And this was always my problem with beef. My, my problem with beef was balance elbow, eyes, follow through. I did a whole podcast on it. But the problem is you're just teaching us positions. You're not teaching us how to move within those positions and how to connect the dots from point A to point B. 
right? Balance, cool. Elbow, okay, I got my elbow. Uh, balance, or balance, elbow, okay, eyes, eyes, follow through. Well, there's a whole lot that has to happen to get to that point. And I blame that kind of teaching on the results that a lot of kids get in which they max out their range at a specific period of time because they're so concerned with the elbow getting up, coming to our set point, stopping, and then shooting from there. And then you see a kid that can't extend out beyond the three-point or out beyond the foul line because he never learned how to actually move the ball up his body. He never learned his body to begin with. So I think those points are very, very important. Obviously, they're really important, right? We need to, there are details within everything that's happening that, is, that, that need to happen. But the big point of leverage and shooting is understanding the order in which they have to happen. And if we can understand the order on how the ball has to move up the body, now all those other details become so much easier, right? It becomes so much easier. It's harder, it's, it's easier to work with somebody that hasn't really shot the basketball because you can start to get them moving the ball in a way that they're like, oh, this is pretty easy. And then you start putting them in that position to move the ball the correct way, you'll see that a lot of habits start to fix themselves. That's the really cool part, man. You can break it down and segment it in a way that you can get anybody to learn it. I firmly believe that anybody can do it. I don't, like I always say, I don't care how tall you are, small you are, fast you are, Boy, girl, you can shoot the basketball, period. It's gonna, as long as you start to understand the information and then, and then implement it on a daily basis, you could do it. You could do it. And like, that was my revelation. That was my big aha moment from that book the second time going through it. How often do we just take things at face value one time and just discard it? Say, okay, yeah, I got it. Boom, done. I would never have come to that realization, realization had I not gone back and re- read that book. Information changes situations. We have to continuously try to adapt and get better at what we do. Earl Nightingale said, there's nothing being done today that will be done the same a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now. It's why I always come back to people with the arguments if I post something that says, hey, this isn't necessarily the most efficient way of doing something, and then somebody will give me an example and say, well, Larry Bird did it this way. And I'm like, well, Larry Bird played 30 years ago. Are you trying to tell me that the game hasn't changed in 30 years? Or are we just going to accept the status quo in terms of, hey, that's, that's, that's where we top out, man. Imagine if Steph Curry had said, hey, i got to shoot like Larry Bird. We wouldn't have the magic that we see today from players like him, like him, like Trey Young. You know what I mean? You have to get out of this mindset that, thinks that, that you think just because you saw something one day means that that's how it's going to continuously be done in the future. That's how you get left behind. That's how you get left behind. And so if, if I want to be the best at what I do, I have to continuously learn. I have to set myself and put myself up in a, set myself up and put myself in position to constantly get better and have a better understanding of what I am teaching. Whether that be through understanding that this key principle of leverage, through understanding how to communicate better with people. I just did, a, I, I just did that training in, in Iowa, eight hours, one day, eight hours. And the reason I did the eight hours and agreed to the eight hours because I can't, I can't replicate that. Like, that's a long day. That's a long day of teaching, right? And I had multiple groups. It wasn't one group for eight hours, but it's a long day. But I know that if I can pull out that eight hours, I know everything else is going to be much, much easier, much, more, much, much more manageable. Oh, you want a group for two hours? Got you. I just practiced my public speaking for eight. I just practiced my public speaking in front of 100 people for eight hours. Allies on me. I'm taking questions from players, coaches, etc. I can't. You can't replicate that. That's a learning. That's 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 the epitome of learning to me. Not only am I teaching 
players and helping them learn, they're helping me learn because I'm able to kind of tweak things here and there and see what works best with a large group versus a small group. What really resonates with some kid resonates with some kids as opposed to what doesn't. And I can get that eight hours in and it's like, man, yeah, I'm tired at the end of the day, but I feel like I'm on top of the world, man. I feel like I'm on top of the world. So take advantage of situations that come your way because you don't know when they're going to come again. And you don't know what they're actually going to set you up for in the future. Information changes situations. I can't, I can't say that enough. But the only way your inf- information will ever change the situation is if you're ready to receive it. When the student is ready, the teacher will show. So maybe I went off a little bit. Um, but I hope this information was valuable to somebody out there. If anything, hopefully it encouraged you to pick up Think and Grow Rich or The One Thing. Because I, I can't stress to you enough just, just how incredible those books are and how impactful they can be should you let them into your life and take action with them. So I think we're going to end it there. I think this was good. Hopefully. Maybe we'll get some feedback from it. The Keep Shooting subscription has been awesome. We're growing every day. It's amazing to see how many countries we're in. It's crazy to like look at the phone and see, oh, so-and-so just signed up from Cambodia, and so-and-so just signed up from Italy, and so-and-so just signed up from California, which always feels like a different country, too. But it's, just, it's, it's, it's amazing to think about where you can ultimately get to should you decide to just keep going with it. I remember four and a half years ago driving to the gym at four o'clock in the morning and then just like seeing where I knew I was going to end up one day in terms of being able to have an impact and, and start to do something I really love and then make something of it. It took me four and a half years to make a profit with basketball. Four and a half years, man. Four and a half years of me telling my wife, no, no, no I promise this is going to work. This is going to work. I don't know how it's going to work yet, but it's going to work. Four and a half years for me to start really seeing uh, a financial benefit to it just grinding it out and we all have that ability no matter what it is whether it's you know shooting the basketball teaching shooting coaching whatever that whatever it is your investment was going to pay off how long are you willing to stick it out and how hard are you willing to work to get that big roi that you're looking for a lot of people tell me they want to be great shooters man i can't tell you i have people that will sign up and say hey man i really want to be a great shooter you know this is what i want and then three days later say hey i'm not seeing results Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that, 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 that makes sense. If you were to go in the weight room and lift for three days, do you think you're going to see results? Are you going to turn into Arnold in three days? I don't think so. It's just crazy how we're, we're, in this, we're in this now, now, now society, but it's the people that really just want to understand and learn the, the reasoning why and just dig in and just grind it out day after day, year after year that become the masters at what they do. And that ties back into that whole book, Mastery. If you haven't read Mastery yet by George Leonard, please go read that book. That book will expose you within the first 25 pages about what kind of person you are in regard to skill acquisition. Are you somebody that truly, truly is on the road to mastery? Are you somebody that, ah, I'm going to give it a go for a second here. I'm going to go, I'm going to give all I got for a week. just crazy man guess I'm I guess I'm reflecting a little bit but I'm just so I'm so grateful and I'm so humbled by the messages I get by the kids that I'm helping and the messages I get from them by the parents 
the other teachers. I try to help all the teachers that I can at any point, and I think that's just being handed down from from having I think the greatest mentor in the world and Rob Fodor, whose whole thing is teach the teachers. I think he's the most brilliant basketball mind there is, and the fact that I get to learn from him and I've gotten to learn from him and, and continue to continue to seek his guidance. Come on, man, it's just it's incredible. So I hope you guys are taking advantage of this time still in the quarantine. I know that it's a it's an interesting time with the pandemic and things are still kind of shut down and you know we're kind of uneasy about about where it is where we're at and where we're going. But it doesn't have to be the end for you. It could just be the beginning. All right? You can make great great things out of this. I promise you. So until next time, I hope you all are having a wonderful wonderful week. It's Wednesday, Wednesday morning. I had a good workout today. And uh, until next time, got to release this on a, on a Monday next time. We'll see. I'm just going to release this right away today. But I appreciate you all. Keep shooting.